Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the LCI Xor podcast. I'm delighted to be joined on this episode by co-founder and CEO of Echo 3D, Elon Grinspoon. How are you keeping, Elon? Are you well? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for the invite, Owen. Really great to be here. Not at all. I'm delighted to be chatting to you. We've kind of been going through the different sectors and ticking off the top companies that are uh, developing in this new and amazing sector. And your guys' names have come up uh, pretty regularly. Can you maybe give the audience a little overview of how you got into setting up uh, Echo 3D and what your guys' view for the future is? Yeah, definitely. So Echo 3D is a cloud platform for 3D applications, which basically means that we provide tools and work infrastructure for companies and developers who want to build games, AR, VR applications, and any 3D experience that you can think of. Uh, very similar to how if you're building a website, you can store images and videos on some remote cloud. With Echo, you store 3D models, animations, interactive content, and then you stream that to headsets and mobile devices and web browsers and game engines all over the world. Uh, the vision here is to be kind of the AWS for 3D. Okay, amazing. And the cloud-based solutions that you guys are building and creating, can you maybe give a little overview of how long this stuff has taken you guys to get to market and uh, the maybe p how quickly you guys can pivot with new additions? I saw the Unity uh, uh, co combinations that you have of all the different platforms. Yeah, definitely. So we've been around for three years now, and our core product is our kind of content management system and delivery network specifically for 3D content, which basically allows you to kind of drag and drop 3D assets. We convert, compress them, and make them available in different servers around the world. And then they're ready to stream to any device out there. Uh, again, it could be headsets, it could be glasses, anything you want. Um, we, uh, as you mentioned, kind of partner with Unity, um, one of the biggest game engines in the world, uh, to basically allow users to really stream um, 3D content really, really fast into the Unity game engine. OK, great. And what uh, next topic that I'd like to touch is the difference between WebAR and a standalone 3D app. Yeah. Is there a massive difference now with the advances in technology? Is WebAR catching up with an actual standalone app? Or is the a brand looking to get into this industry? Is the extensive capital investment for them worth it for the standalone app? Yeah, so, so WebAR is an amazing, amazing technology that basically allows you to create 3D and AR applications um, through the web browser, um, which means that your users don't have to install anything. We have multiple kind of WebAR integrations. Um, that, again, means that you can deploy applications without having the friction of asking some user to download an app. Um, the differences of today is that they are a bit more limited um, in scope when it comes to um, kind of mobile native applications or uh, game-based ones, kind of game engine-based ones. Um, today, if you use a game engine like Unity, you can deploy your application to Android, iOS, whatever. Um, and it has some extra features, some extra integrations that are a bit more robust. Uh, but I think WebAR is catching up to that. And most phones today support WebAR seamlessly. Um, so I'm definitely, definitely optimistic about the future of WebAR. OK, amazing. And another couple of ones about the industry, AOR glasses. Uh, are, are we realistically going to get a real set within the next 12 to 18 months? I saw the sneaks of Apple's new glasses, and uh, we know Snap are obviously going to advance the current product that they have, plus a, a few other brands as well. What are your uh, views on AR glasses coming to market on a, a large consumer base within the next 18 months? So I'm definitely drinking the Kool-Aid when it comes to AR hardware. Um, I just came back from Augmented World Expo at California, and I tested out um, kind of new versions of, of different headsets, including the Oppo um, AR glasses. Um, it's an Asian company that basically pushes a very kind of similar competitor to Magic Leap, um, but in a much better um, kind of form factor. Um, we know for a fact that Apple and all the big players and even Facebook um, kind of already showed um, you know, images of their own AR glasses. 
uh, it's coming, it's coming soon. Um, and I think, again, we got to the point that AR glasses are so consumer ready um, that it's really, really um, astonishing to watch. And I'll also add about VR headsets that they're already there. We have things like the kind of uh, Oculus Quest um, that are selling out like hotcakes. Like every Black Friday, it's completely sold out, um, costs less than a console. Um, so we should definitely be optimistic about kind of AR VR um, hardware um, these days. Yeah, and I think we saw with Oculus, they reached the 10 million plus headset sales, yep. the kind of target that it initially set out. So yeah, there's no turning back for this industry now. I think it's just about who's got the capital to be able to compete with the already established brands that are there in the market. Um, another, thing we were talk, another thing we were talking about recently is haptic technology. How far away do you see a full haptic bodysuit from coming? We obviously know there's gloves on the market, but yeah. what, what do you think about a full haptic bodysuit? Yeah, I mean, again, maybe because I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, I'm super optimistic about all these kind of technologies. But I think we can take it baby steps, right? Like we can start with like the headsets that people already own, and then um, like Oculus introduced um, kind of hand tracking into the into the headset, so suddenly you can kind of control the environment with your hands. So these are kind of um, gradually ex kind of expansions of human computer interactions and the way we interact with content. It's not that obvious what is the things that are needed for 3D to become kind of the most immersive um, experience they can. Perhaps haptic is is kind of next, um, but definitely if, if people are inclined to to kind of buy headsets and that once that becomes kind of totally popularized, the next thing will definitely be um, more advancements in human computer interaction. Haptics is part of it, um, kind of uh, no doubt in my mind. And how big are you into the avatar and uh, slash digital human world? I don't know if you've seen a new program that's over in the states called Glow or sorry. Uh, yeah. The, the avatar show, the music show that they've created that's on Fox yeah. channel at the moment. So what are your thoughts on digital art that's being created? We obviously know in Japan there's already an influencer who's already a, a virtual yeah. entity. What do you think, do you think, do you think that's going to be prevalent now across fashion and art in, 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 the, in certain territories? A hundred percent. I mean, I'm a big believer that 3D content will take over the world. Um, we saw that kind of historical progression, right? Like 10 years ago, websites were all the rage. And after that, we kind of moved to mobile apps and now moving to AR, VR, and 3D. And with that revolution also comes the revolution of content, which we went through images and then videos. And the next thing is obviously 3D content. So we're now seeing it being injected into kind of shows and popular culture. But if you think about it specifically around avatars, people who are younger than you and me are fully immersed in the new social networks, which are actually games, right? It's Fortnite, Roblox. And in those environments, everyone has their own 3D avatar, their own 3D fashion, their own 3D representations, 3D content that they use and utilize. It's, it's, there's no going back. Um, these generations will want to consume more and more 3D content. And for that, that's why we need more hardware. That's why we need more haptics. That's why we need more cloud solutions like Echo that basically, again, kind of takes the stance of don't bet on the horse, bet on the track. We don't care which hardware you use, which platform, as long as you can use stream, kind of stream 3D content everywhere, um, you're ready to go. Yeah, and I think I saw Montclair had a recent uh, an activation or announcement of their own digital uh, campaigns, and you've already got Balenciaga yep. in, in, in uh, Fortnite already. So I can see the fashion brands, this is going to be a big play for them over the next while. It's what other uh, experiences and luxuries can be added into the metaverse, I think, is the, yeah. going to be the race for the next couple of years. Tell me what's the, going to be happening with Echo 3D for the next 12 months? What, what's, what are you guys excited about over there? 
Yeah, so we're seeing an influx of user uh, registration, developer registration. Today, we have over 12,000 developers on our platform and between 100 and 200 registered uh, developers every single week. Um, so we're getting more and more developers on the platform who want to build applications for games and e-commerce and data visualization and training. And for us, it's all about like unlocking those new use cases for 3D and bringing in developers to this kind of new world of the metaverse that you can build application in non-obvious use cases. Um, and like we just mentioned, for brands, like who knew that Valencia or, 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 or like all these different brands will create 3D content specifically for games. Um, that, that's a, an amazing trend. And I think kind of a lot of developers who today are kind of used to building websites and used to building mobile apps should definitely leverage and kind of join the revolution of, of, of 3D development. Yeah, and a last one before we go, the metaverse, do you see a bit walled gardens or do you see somebody actually being able to develop a platform that crosses different religious ethnicities yeah. and every single myriad of hurdle that would normally uh, arise in the real world? So in a sense, that's what we're trying to build at Echo, right? Like we're trying to build that ether for the metaverse, like a way for you to stream data to all the different platforms, if it's for one game engine and then to switch to a different, uh, to web AR and then switch to Unity and then switch to mobile or web or whatever. Um, our point is basically democratize augmented reality, 3D content everywhere. So you can upload to one source of truth and then stream to anywhere else. Um, I think the more of those kind of big companies with Snap or Facebook, Meta, um, or, or uh, all the companies that we mentioned, like Fortnite, are kind of creating these digital worlds. I think the more we kind of dive into those, the more open they'll be, the more you'll be able to upload something to Echo and then stream that to Fortnite and then stream that to um, your world in the metaverse on, on Meta or whatnot. Um, so I'm, again, drinking that Kool-Aid when it comes to having all these multiple um, 3D environments and hopefully we'll be able to kind of interconnect them. Yeah, no, well, I think uh, I'm very excited to watch you guys grow. You've got the amount of awards and recognition you guys have gotten in such a short period of time. I, I have no doubt you'll be integrating yourself in, into the industry for the next foreseeable future. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Alan. Um, I wish you guys at Echo3 all the best. Hopefully we can catch up in a year or so and see how things have progressed for you. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for the invite. Not at all. For everybody, you'll be able to see the website for Echo3D below. You can go and check them out. They're highly advisable. So thanks very much for watching. We'll check you on the next episode.